2: Very exciting episode. Uh, I'm not going to just keep saying it's exciting. I'm actually going to play the episode in a sec. But first, a couple of things to plug. Wait, wait, don't fast forward, scrub, ahead. Listen, please? Okay, thanks. Uh, Nerdist Channel, youtube.com slash nerdist Uh, New series, uh, Blood and Guts from Fangoria and Scott Ian It's a makeup effects show, super kick-ass show The first episode uh, was Greg Nicotero We're also going to be having a lot of uh, Walking Dead themed programming at the Nerdist Channel Around the premiere of Walking Dead, October 14th Uh, All weekend long, Walking Dead themed programming And Talking Dead returns right after Walking Dead on AMC, October 14th that's my show, in case you don't. Well, I probably talk about it enough. Enough about me. But here's some more about me. I'm going to be performing at Zanies in Nashville December 6th through the 9th. So if you go to, uh, just, just look for Zanies. You probably know how the internet works. With your Google or your Alta Vista or your Lycos, or however, you, or your web crawler, however you search things, uh, and then there's going to be a lot more stand-up shows because my Comedy Central special premieres November 10th, and once that airs, it's new hour of comedy time. So I'm going to go on the road, and uh, we're going to work that out together. It'll be more fun than it sounds. It's not going to be shitty. Uh, so. That's all that business. I would like to thank uh, Stamps.com for supporting this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. You can print and buy official U.S. postage using your own computer and printer or someone else's. I guess if you you, you know, it doesn't have to be yours. I mean, now we're just getting into semantics. The fact is, you can print any U.S. postage mail any package any letter postman will come pick it up from your house you never even have to go into the post office and just build up that disgruntled rage that slowly boils until it just spews out like hot magma at other people in your life all that goes away right now if you go to stamps.com you can use the promo code nerdist for a special offer no risk trial 110 dollars bonus offer including a digital scale and up to 55 dollars of free postage you're welcome go to stamps.com before you do anything else click the microphone at the top of the page And type in NERDIST. That's stamps.com. Enter the promo code NERDIST. Okay, you guys. Oh, man. I'm I'm almost hyperventilating even introducing this episode. So, it's Tom Hanks. uh, And if you read the thing that was downloaded, you might be like, Bullshit! But it is not bullshit. It is serious. Tom... Well, it's funny. But, I mean, we're serious about the fact that it's Tom Hanks. And you gotta say his name, Tom Hanks. He has one of those names you have to say his first and last name. I'm told I have the same thing. It's me, Chris Hardwick. Yes, even I do it. So, this was a superlatively fun episode. Tom Hanks was gracious and as nice as you've heard he is. Uh, super hilarious. I'm really proud of this episode. You know, it's, uh, we, after working on this show for a couple of years, almost three years, and then someone like Tom Hanks says, "Hey, I want to do your podcast." It just, it just validates us in a way. I'm getting gushy now. Damn it. Yeah, I better put my cynical pants back on. Marr, marr, marr. Oh, cynical pants bursting! I love you, Tom Hanks. And I love you, Nerdist Podcast listener. Thanks for letting me ramble a bit at the top. Uh, I'm just overexcited. <laughs> That's what nerds do. Okay, Nerdist Podcast number 267. With Tom Hanks!
3: Now entering
1: Nerdist.com
4: Sit. We'll gonna... see we'll see you right here. Okay. Alright. Let me get let me get a soft thing for my uh, cup of tea. Oh gosh. So it won't bonk. Does anybody need anything?
2: Maybe we should put soft things under our glasses. Well, let me get you some soft things. <laughs> I'd rather a coaster. <laughs> Just a, a cat. Paper towels. I'm going to go into Do Not Disturb mode, which I... Did you really? Thoroughly it's appreciate. Great, right? It only do? took six, six iterations oh, of the, the firmware. Yeah. Oh, is
0: that right? Oh yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just
4: you don't... you can What's it like about? to produce a baseball game? Is it great, or did you, did you go nuts yeah. after a while? I, I did eight it
0: eight years. I did every... Game. I traveled with the team, so... Oh, that's fun. I used to love baseball, and now... <laughs> what <happened>? what baseball? <laughs> Now you've seen behind the curtain. Not so much. Yeah, and all the magic's gone once you see that. It's all fake, like wrestling. <laughs> I love the idea that baseball would be OK.
1: Yeah. I was for a couple of games uh, with the Dodgers. I was the guy on MLB.com when I first moved to LA that would track the pitch and be like, oh, "I was a 78 mile an hour curveball." Really? The break of the pitch and where it landed. So, yeah. That was a, that
4: the, was. Does your attention ever wane? And so you're not like, you don't pay attention for like three pitches?
1: Uh, you would, occasionally I would look up and see, okay, that was a fastball. Do you ever I fall asleep, asleep because you're watching baseball? No, John, I love baseball.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> see, and I don't know enough about sports, because you said when I'm, I track the ball, I'm like, where else does it go other than that <laughs> well, direct line? I would
4: say the other day, remember the Dodgers they used to have the guy in the hat behind home plate that would lift yes. up the, 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 yeah. the radar gun, and then he'd pitch, and he'd put the radar gun down, and he'd write something down on a the pad, then he'd pick the radar gun up and yep. up again. Yep. But it was only for the Dodgers
1: pitchers. Or was he only
4: the visitors? I can't
1: remember. Well, it depends because there's there's either a scout, there's either scouts there for either team that'll have their own radar guns. Right. Because they don't trust the radar guns. Oh, right, right, yeah. Uh, And then there's the MLB guy.
4: Well, I felt bad because he, he probably got put out of work because of some gaffer's tape.
1: <laughs> yeah. you know, they, just, they just taped the radar
4: gun, you know, yeah. to the backstop, yeah, and true. that pretty much provided them with all the information. I like this tape thing. is taking our jobs. <laughs>
2: I like to think that when they look at the pad, it's just full of pages that says, I'll get you someday, I'll get you <laughs> yeah. all. And flipping, it's like flipping. Oh, we got it.
4: That's uh, all important records that end up, <laughs> end up making it possible yeah. for them to rig the game, yeah, exactly. as you yourself have yeah. just noted.
0: What do you do with these? Why well, storm away put them in a warehouse? What do you, when then there, what happens? <laughs> I don't
4: know. That's not mine. That's not why. My job. That's what the signals are between the catcher and the pitcher, reminding him of how slow or bad he has to throw the ball, in <laughs> order to, so that the gamblers yeah. will win. The I was. I heard. Uh, the, I don't watch a lot of sports, but uh, like ESPN, but. Evidently, there was a big... I didn't see the game, but there's a oh, big play. Oh, there was something with the football There was a football thing last night <laughs> yes. It yeah. was either the refs got it completely wrong or... They did, got it, did, yeah. they, did
1: they get it completely wrong? They, or incredibly so. Uh, last play of the game, uh, the what was clearly not a touchdown, there's you, it, there's a picture of it, too, because one ref's got his hands up, other ref's going no, and this is also off of the Sunday night game where the Patriots lost off of a field goal that clearly was not oh, a Oh, you already goal. lost me. Yeah. Okay, okay,
4: okay. Too well, I'm bad. Just but so my, the, my uh, point, until I was put to sleep yeah. there for, no, a
1: minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it to anybody. Was,
4: was that they said on they said on TV that something like worldwide like five hundred million dollars was lost the, because yeah. they didn't beat the sp- I don't know how point spreads yeah. work or anything, but because they scored a touchdown and yeah. didn't beat the spread or beat yeah. the spread, whatever it is, a lot of people lost a lot of money.
2: Yeah. and that guy just walked off the field and said, "I'll
1: just uh, be yeah, I'll, uh, I'll yeah, I'll <laughs> well, it's like
0: thought. that guy that with a Cubs fan that caught the ball and made it? Oh, all that run. guy, yeah. That yeah. Thing, did they make State a documentary? Bartman, yeah, about a
1: thirty for thirty on ESPN. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was great. I I'm, so beware. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, just, you know, I'm not going just don't go to anymore. a game.
4: <laughs> you could so you could do something so stupid or or. Natural that will haunt you for the rest yeah, of your it's life. It's like
0: going to a foreign country, and then you just uh, you know you end up like scratching your head. You're like, they don't do that in public well, here. I think,
2: I think I don't know, and again, I don't know much about sports, but someone made fun of me on Twitter because they're like, there's a sports thing happening right now that's huge, and you probably don't know about it, and I didn't. So I called my mom, who's a huge sports nerd. Okay, yeah, and she laughed at me for not knowing, and then she explained, well, all the reps are on strike, and they brought in all these temp guys, and they was so it essentially sounds like. Wow. They just, like, pulled in a guy who worked at Foot Locker because he had the shirt on. Yeah, yeah. And then that was the And this will be, in
0: 20 years, this will be an Adam Sandler movie. I can count on that.
4: <laughs> oh, The staff. Replacement rep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's a wacky <laughs> feel-good yeah. comedy. It's him, Rob Sandler, which, which, yeah. Somehow which Al Pacino
1: still uh, I'll
4: tell you what the story is right now. A lowly insurance salesman or even worse, like, a, 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 a dental hygienist. You know, his, oh. his wife doesn't respect him, his kids don't care about him, or he can't find love, you mm-hmm, pick. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Whatever whatever the modern <laughs> dilemma is. But lo and behold, he gets hired to be the replacement ref for an NFL game. Oh. And goes on for, I don't know, either getting it wrong well, or Well Tom, right. I'm yeah, curious, yeah.
2: at the end, would he redeem himself in some way?
4: Oh, I believe what would happen is the, the, the kids would have newfound respect for their dad. Because yeah. he stood up for his principles. It's it's really, right. it's a... Because he was the only one who saw what really happened. <laughs> right, and then, Well,
2: then there would have to be some sort of proof to justify well, what's going to
4: happen is there's going to be a rabid, kooky fan in the stands Steve that with Steve Buscemi, Steve Buscemi <laughs> who will have had, Buscemi, by the way, we've been saying it wrong for all these years, who happened to have the only iPhone right where it was supposed to be. There was actually a, a Brady Bunch episode about this in which Greg was the team photographer, and he actually b- kept blowing up a picture to find out that, yes the guy did step out of bounds based on oh. his... Oh. So believe me, it we've worked it out. It and by the way, all movies are essentially based on old Brady Bunch episodes.
2: <laughs> so there's that we one run where... through some yeah. of mine and they Well, I'm wrong. pitching you can't play ball in the house. Mom said not to play ball in the oh, house. But, uh, <laughs> that was
1: Apollo
0: 13. <laughs> oh, was that <laughs> it? That was oh, that's it. right. The boys, boys,
2: <laughs> put that down. The difference is... Put down that litter module. <laughs> the difference is when we make these jokes, nothing ever happens, but if you say replacement reps, someone would actually <laughs> Yeah. I'm telling you right now, I'm late to the game.
4: <laughs> the, that's, on the that's on the poster. That's on the poster. Oh, I'm late for the game. Oh, that's so brilliant. You can't help it. But somebody has already pitched it, copyrighted yeah. it. It's already, in, I believe it's already in
2: development at Fox. All I <laughs> want is for the Hollywood Reporter to say, Nerdist Podcast proves Tom Hanks to star in Replacement Rats. And you've actually just committed yourself. Hey,
4: well, you know what? That that could spread like wildfire. That'd become, it a, will, yeah. that'd, that'd become a viral thing.
2: That's right. I've <laughs> determined that you are the spirit animal of this podcast because if you look at the Venn diagram of the three of us you fall perfectly in the center in the shaded region Matt is obsessed with NASA Ah. Jonah is obsessed with music I am obsessed with, we'll, I'm probably going to hit you up about comedy uh, talking. Yeah. So you are the perfect center for, for this podcast. Oh my God, well this is like my wife's worst nightmare <laughs> <laughs>
4: to talk about this stuff all day long. I'm reading in bed and she reads these or this. What are you reading now? Uh, but honey, it's this uh, theoretical possibility of, of mining uh, helium-3 from the moon. And she says, are, What? Are you insane? Can you not read a book? Can you not read a novel. What, you just no, need, I, I said hey, I read this stuff for pleasure. What can yeah, I tell you? You need yeah, to
2: but... hide your space books in a porn magazine. <laughs> no, honey, I'm reading pornography. No, no, it's honey, this boy. is
4: just an old penthouse from 1977. <laughs>
2: Whoa! They really get in there. <laughs> <laughs> that <was a> liftoff. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I first I, I want to kind of talk. But you're about... wearing the NASA. You got the. Oh, NASA I am.
4: polo. Yeah, I got this at which the Johnson, Johnson Space Center. Now you know what what you know what that logo is called in the NASA es. I actually don't. don't. Okay, there's two. Na- there was two warring NASA logos. Like all companies that make a really bad decision, they decided, hey, let's update <laughs> our logo sometime, I'm going to say, in the 80s or the 70s, where nothing good ever happened. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> and it just said NASA in like gold letters, yeah. right? Which was called the worm, because the letters were sort of connected. So around NASA, they called that the worm. But they call that the classic Eisenhower-era NASA thing with a circle and the... And the delta, which is the the red part of it, they call that the meatball. These are the these are the things we found See, in our research it. that went on for years and years for the mini space projects. <laughs> <That was actually laughs> involved in. As that a matter of fact, it was it was a title episode of the, it was a title for the second episode of From the Earth to the Moon. <laughs> the worm and the meatball. Uh, <laughs>
2: See, you could have done that. We
4: could actually we could have done a, it. I, that was the type of that was the the. the uh, there's a series I was promoting. It's not just about space. It's about the people who work at NASA. And we have one that's about the whole public for, uh, public affairs office. It's going to be fascinating. <laughs> yeah. While we're talking about the it, they're going have to make pasta in space. Yeah, they, they might have. They actually, they, I'm sure they freeze, you know, I'm sure you can probably is, eat yeah. that on, on the on yeah. space station. What do we have tonight? Ah, it's worms and meatball night. <laughs> I be, mm, Or boy. beef
1: stroganoff. That's yeah, yeah. it.
4: It's only two people. In, a, in, a, in a, a bag you have to cut open with some scissors. Yeah.
2: Did they ever give you the option of, hey, do you want to go up to the space station? No, no, they
4: were no. That was before. Uh, uh, I mean, every 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 person in the press said, "Would would you go into space?" Sure. But no, they didn't offer that kind of stuff. That's actually when they, lo and behold, they were wasting time sending scientists and engineers uh, into space. As, when are they, they going to go as, yeah. as opposed to smart-atically celebrities? <laughs> yeah. uh, they didn't let us go. Actors but, and football players. That's all. This but then, go then that one guy, Dennis Tito, went. You know, he was the he was the first bona fide tourist in space. Yeah. And with the name Dennis Tito, at all, it sounds like he's a Russian astronaut. From yeah. <laughs> like 1963, uh, but he went up, and then after that, they were all going to say, uh, "Oh, you know, it's tour, tourism in space is right around the corner." But I don't know. I, I don't know that Richard still. Branson is going to try to, to That's send barely people
1: up. space though.
4: Well, I agree, yeah. and they'll okay. Now, I, don't, I, I hope a million. I hope he makes a billion dollars. Yeah, sure. Off of it, you know, because <laughs> he, he needs more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think you're just going to go up. It's like a suborbital flight. Yeah. You'll go
2: up. You'll be you'll experience weightlessness. It's like being in a U2, I assume.
4: Well, you know, it, if, no, know, it's kind it's, of like being on a really fast merry. I mean, you go up, and then you come down. Yeah. And when you say experience weightless, you're not going to unbuckle your thing and right. float around the cabin, because the cabin is about the size of you know Mazda Miata. Yeah. You'll, you'll stay buckled in. Well, this is my understanding. You'll stay buckled in. You get to look out a window. And I guarantee that unless you take a massive amount of preparatory medication, <laughs> you will then vomit your guts out. You will just be so so sick. Yeah, because uh, it's having been in something much like that. Um, if you don't take the medication, you get you get really really sick. Did you learn that the hard way? I did. <laughs> but I also learned about fifty percent of everybody who goes into space spends about twenty four hours incredibly nauseous. Like like. As not as in I can't move my head. I have to keep my eyes closed. and that's fifty percent, regardless of how of how you know uh, flight uh, experienced you are. Now, so that I mean, so anytime they go, I always say. How busy is that first day? Yeah, <laughs> what do you got to do? Oh, we have the, the, the busiest day of this all is yeah, the first day. Yeah. We got to release this and put this together and figure out how to do this. Well, half that yet? crew is, you know, half that crew is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. can you give me a minute, Skip? <laughs> <laughs> can, you just, can you just give me a minute here? Uh, I'm right there. I've got the checklist. I'm right there. Just give me a second. I'm going to blow some space <laughs> chunks out of this caption. Hey, by the way, hey, hurry up. Let's get this done because it's meatballs and uh, meatballs. Uh, meatballs <laughs> And worms to Ooh, oh, can can, just, have the, first night? can can't just, the first day just be a, a pajama day? Can we just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can, I, can, can today's first meal be some soda crackers? <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: wanna,
2: I just want to watch some Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's <laughs> just
4: watch the earth go strap on dark. The couch.
2: Give me a second here. <laughs> I um I got to work with uh, years ago, like I think around 98, I worked with a director named Joel Zwick, mm. who you worked with. Joel Zwick directed the pilot for Bosom Buddies. Then he re- went off,
4: The Traitor, and directed <laughs> directed the first season of a show. I think it was called It's a Living, Making yes. a Living, and Jillian, and Jillian, and a few other people. Yeah, The Waitresses mm-hmm. in the Bonaventure Hotel yep. uh, downtown. He went off to do that, and we worked with a bunch of different directors, and then we uh, he came back and directed the entire uh, second season of Bosom Buddies. Yes. Joel Wick. yeah, and he directed... Uh, uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, too, the movie.
2: Oh, he directed the movie? Yeah, yeah oh. he directed the movie. I mean, uh, hilarious guy. We Look, needed he... a shooter. <laughs> <laughs> we need a shooter.
4: Get Joe Zwick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He'll shoot it. <laughs> sweet guy. The last time I saw him, he had, like, a mullet and these, like, hairy ape oh, arms. Uh, yeah. And the, the crew was afraid. He was very sweet, but if you crossed him, he'd be like, I'm going to come up to that fucking control room. And, it, like, he would he would kind of have these moments. And then everyone was
4: like, whoa. But... <laughs> Now, I'll tell you something about Joel. He started directing at La Mama, uh, off, off, if you know theater of the world, La Mama is like the cradle of off, off Broadway, you know, early 19, late 1950s, early 1960s, you know, interpretive dance and <laughs> poems in which, you know, plays that are just, one guy just screams the same line over and over again <laughs> while other people dance and pretend to be rivers. I mean, that's the type of plays <laughs> that uh, that he did there. And so he went from there. You <laughs> went from there to Laverne and Shirley and Shirley. <laughs> uh, Perfect, perfect, uh, perfect trade That explains court. Lenny
2: and Squiggy. That actually explains Lenny. Well, you know, he
4: was, I'm telling you, he's a, he's a shooter. Joel is bald, by the way. Oh, he is now. Yes, okay. and I always say, Joel, why don't, why don't you wear a, a cap to hide the fact that you're bald? Because then people would know I'm bald. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, this is interesting. That's true. When I've been out at, you know, Arts <laughs> Deli and stuff like that, the guys who wear their ball caps indoors are all bald. Yeah, so yeah. you all, you kind of put there's a certain here. amount of understanding. Yeah, but only only Joel can get there with that reasoning.
2: <laughs> but we, we, you know, we made him. I made him regale what me. What did you do with him? I did a sitcom in the in like '98. What was that? I was called Guys guys Like Us on the UPN network, which I'm sure, you know, which is thriving now. Jeez. Um, I remember, remember the UPN network. <laughs> yeah, it
4: was, uh, I kept trying to get them to come to my house and deliver packages.
2: <laughs> now, uh, don't and, know. and they <laughs> never did. It I, was so weird. I'm not convinced. Wait, what what not, was it called? It was called Guys Like Us. It was just a simple, like, we did one season. I'm still not convinced that UPN wasn't a memory implant. And yeah, no, UPN did. had
1: two logos. They did. did it it? The worm oh, and, the, <laughs> and, the,
4: and the... And the mountain. The mountain <laughs> and the...
2: The youth. Yeah. You,
4: what was it? Why was it called UPN? The United, U- United Paramount.
1: Paramount Network. The
4: United Paramount Network. Yeah. That's
2: no, yeah. And then and then and then they kind of then they went away and kind of became the CW with the with the Warner with the WB network. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Of, yeah. 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 There was some shifting. When but, everyone
0: went, Fox did it. Let's do it too. It's yeah. It's they,
2: actually, they were trying to. Yeah. How
0: hard
4: that, is it? True. Oh, it's hard. All you got to do is slap some shows on the air. What was <laughs> it called? It's called Guys Like Us. And
2: you did an entire season. We did a season. Like how many episodes? We did 13.
4: Oh, okay, all we did right.
2: 13, but we but Joel worked on the show, so they didn't
4: pick up the back nine. We did not get the back they nine. As I used to say, <laughs> when I was in TV, it was all of it. We're we gonna, we gonna get the back nine. going gonna get the back nine. Oh, jeez. Are we gonna get the back? Ah, oh, we got the call
2: for the back nine. Yes. No, the U Man was really interesting because they they decided to do this five night a week of, of primetime programming, and within six months had completely backtracked on all of it. <laughs> You're like, well, what? Gotta stick with something. Like, they what kept Malcolm ch- and Eddie. But what channel was it on in LA? 13. Oh, oh, okay. Dreaded oh. channel.
1: Same channel as Star Trek Voyager. That yes,
2: was. it was.
1: Okay, That was the anchor right. of the UPN. And one network. of the 10 o'clock news shows
4: that <laughs> yeah.
2: is on. But we, we, I made Joel Zwick regale me with tales of Bosom Buddies because <laughs> I watched
4: <laughs> I watched
2: Bosom Buddies' Jeez. first run.
4: Oh, my God. How old were you when Bosom Buddies was on? Maybe like 10 or 11. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think I was, uh, when was it? I was 25,
2: maybe? 25, 26? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. And, Peter, yeah. and when I was in college, Scolari taught me how to juggle. Oh, okay. And so, yeah. He taught
4: me how to juggle too.
2: He yeah. loves it. Loves the
4: juggling. He still does it. Yeah.
2: Um, but uh, Joel said, you know, we were talking about, about you and the show, and he said Tom always had a theory, and his theory about films was this. He said, you get one chance. If you, or he said, you get three chances. If the first one hits. Then you get three more chances. Like there was this weird <laughs> algorithm of movies, and
4: he was with <laughs> a whole story about
2: Splash.
4: Oh my God! Yeah,
2: I was. I was like a kid, like taking notes. Like, uh huh. Go back to the last part. And then what was the thing about? Oh, it's that's true. Yeah, we Joe. What Joe? Joe was right.
4: I haven't talked to him for a while. I, I have to admit, but we would check in every now and again, and you know, status of uh, status of the business. So yeah, he uh, we 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 would talk about that. And I, I was probably mouthing something that. You know, some agent something or told me like <laughs> told me like that. Yeah, but there was, but uh, I mean, so that was back when everybody made. There were a million movies about guys who can't get laid. Remember that <laughs> yeah. that era of motion pictures? And there were a ton of us who made all these all these movies. Um, the guy who can't get laid, right. and they were all set. They were set in a ski resort, uh, you know, or uh, you know, fish market, whatever it was. As a guy who can't get laid. And uh, the CIA. <laughs> 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 They're just all these like uh, kind of like r- r- relatively modestly budgeted comedy. Yeah, so we would talk about trying to just trying to figure out to to maintain our place in the food chain of uh, of Hollywood. See, so, yeah, Joe yeah, would keep up with me throughout those early days because you know what happened to me was I got we got fired, and I you know I sat around for a year thinking, oh man, I used to be one of the bosom buddies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: and
4: was off directing, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever the next thing came down the pike. What did he direct right after? Wish Maybe I was later. on. It's a living. Uh, I think they then changed the title to Making a Living. Believe it or not, they did that. It was called It's a Living when it started. <laughs> I swear to God, this is true. Classic this is, this is equal to now. the the worm in the meatball. <laughs> they started off called It's a Living, and then the executives at ABC said, "We need to really boost this show. <laughs> we, need, I know, let's change, let's change the title to." Making a living. Oh, that's yeah. a good. That's oh, good. Just, just they're good geniuses. they were <laughs> all geniuses, even back then. <laughs> yeah. But Joel, uh, I, we had we had adventures with Joel, man. We uh, uh, that was uh, that was a wild time when we did it on the lot at uh, Paramount. We were like the ugly stepchild of all the shows that were on because Taxi was there, and uh, Happy Days was in its 90th year, <laughs> and um, uh, Laverne and Shirley was still like they, they could. Laverne and Shirley could show their their empty living room of Shirley's Laverne and Shirley's <laughs> apartment and finish number seven in the top ten <laughs> just, just
2: with one just sweater with the L. Just, on. that one, that's, that's all they needed. needed, and, and a Boo Boo Kitty, and that you were right there.
4: Boo <laughs> Kitty, and uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, and, Mark and Mindy was on the was lighted right across the street from us, and we were on stage twenty five, the stage of death, where every <laughs> every show that had been on stage twenty five had been canceled after six, never got the back nine, disappeared after a season, wow. and we made it too. So we sort of like broke the hex. And then right after, us, as a matter of fact, I think like the last week we were we were shooting there, uh, uh, Jim Burrows and the team from, uh, I don't know, maybe from Taxi, whatever, were coming over. They were looking at the stage, Stage 25, um, because they then built the Cheers set there, and that was a stage that Cheers ran on oh, for wow. the uh, 42 years of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So were it not for uh, Bosom Buddies, me and Peter Scolari breaking the hex of stage 25, you, wow. you guys did it. Uh, Ted Danson would not be on. I don't, think, where would you be?
2: I don't think anyone would argue that Cheers was built directly on the back of Bosom Buddies.
4: <laughs> <Spaces. laughs> well, this is what I'm telling you <laughs> my grade. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they,
4: saw, they saw our cheesy little squared-off coffee, coffee shop yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so let's blow out these walls and make the biggest bar in Game the bar. history yeah. of the world. <laughs> so
2: you're two nights. It, 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 a person in your position should call Jim Burroughs and go, Jim, it's Tom. Listen, <laughs> I think it's clear that you owe me a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, well, here's and how go,
4: sad okay. I was. I actually would watch Cheers live. With a, a misty-eyed sense of nostalgia. Oh, that's, that's stage 25. <laughs> that's right. that's where we put on the dresses. Well, I know where that is. The stairs leading up to stage right lead up to the dressing The size of
1: Cheers is even funnier when you go to the real Cheers in Boston, because it's an old pub from, like, 1700s. It's about, what, and 700 The ceiling is about five and a half feet. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. TV is, I, I
4: don't want to bring this to you, but TV is all fake. Well, yeah. No, no, all all, no, Tom. No, Tom. No. But none movies it are it still real, it.
2: guys. Yeah. Like okay. Movies okay. are. Movies okay. are like, uh,
4: we go to the real places and shoot real things.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time you turned from a kid into a grown-up? Yeah, that was real.
4: <laughs> that was real. Okay, I'll tell you, this is like a, a surreal moment in, in life, okay? Uh Big had come out, and um, it was the Academy Awards that year, and I was backstage waiting to do something, be told to do something, and I swear to God, Federico Fellini <laughs> was sitting across the couch from me. Federico Fellini and I are in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, have, I have never felt more like a stupid doof in my life because I don't know what to say and thank God a lot of people were moving around because I never would have known. And Federico Fellini says to me, he leans over and he says to me, you got big. <laughs> My God. Meaning I was a kid, but I got sure. big yeah. so I was, oh my, holy smokes, man. That was a high country there. Hey. Uh, that was a high country.
2: Satyricon, right? That's right. Yeah. Hey, hey, how about that eight and a half? You yeah. know what you should do?
4: You should do ten and a half. <laughs>
2: You're welcome.
4: Uh, how about you and I do ten
2: and a half? You know what I'm saying? Fellini. You add two? Boozer buddies. <laughs> ah, you want to do the feature film? Crazy, man. But it is interesting to see, uh, you know, you, you did kind of make that... Not a lot of TV people were crossing over into film at that time because it was still a. I think the business was were very compartmentalized. It was like you're either TV, yeah,
4: there was that, yeah, and that's not the case anymore. Good work now just begets good work. But um, uh, I, I I tried to get a couple of other jobs that just didn't pan out. So I mean, I got you know I signed a couple of contracts and tried to develop you know TV shows and none of, none of them were any good. So uh, I was I was like unemployed for a couple of years. The only jobs I had was. Um, uh, I, I actually did an episode of Happy Days, on which I was the only guy to uh, I kicked the fawns through the plate glass window at Arnold's, <laughs> which evidently and everyone You know, list. You know yeah. you're, you're the first guy to hit the fawns. <laughs> 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 really, yeah. Wow, great! And, uh, and then I did. Uh, then I was. Uh, then uh, uh, I did uh, Family Ties. Oh. They, they called me up and said, "Hey, would you like to do?" Something? And they, you know, it was like an offer, which never happened. It's like, "Want to come on and do some family time?" Oh, geez, yeah, sure. You'd make a so, good
1: drunk,
4: Tom. Come on. Uh, so I went on and uh, was uh, I was uh, Michael J. Fox's uh, Uncle Ned and uh, Tina Yother's Uncle Ned. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how we'll always remember it. And then, I I, then I did. Then I did another one the following year, and Ronnie Howard yelled at me for doing for going back we had we had by that time we had done uh, Splash. And he said, come here, I want to talk to you. We were, at, we, were at, we were at something. Now, I, I hear that you're going back, you're going to do it. Now, you can't do it. You can't do it. You know, you got to. He was trying to protect his movie, and I was like, dude, they called up. I did it. I said, what's the deal? It's just, a, it's just, no, uh, no, nah, nah, it's uh, time. You got to, you know, you got to declare. You got <laughs> to say, no, make it feel So, but I actually, I needed the, kind of needed the gig and needed the money. So, but back then, yeah, it's true. There was a, there was a kind of a separation, but. I was no longer working in TV so officially I was just an actor. <laughs> yeah,
2: but Therefore, those I rated. but those movies <clears throat> where you where you had like really great TV writers like going you know like you had Splash and and then and then but then also movies like Night Shift yeah, which yeah, yeah. which really like those comedies were so and then ended up you know like really kind of defining the early 80s comedies. They really did. Well, look, I have to I will
4: probably credit um I mean the whole era was sort of framed because like um uh uh, excuse, uh I'm gonna Bob s- Lou Mandel? no well Bob Bob Bobbalou Mendel and and uh, Logans. but when Bill Murray went off and did like movies like Stripes and whatnot it it, it made a certain type of comedy like really box office I mean they I mean, think about it. Prior to that, what were comedies? It was all like, you know, Neil Simon's California Suite and stuff like that. So when Saturday Night Live, people from Saturday Night Live went off and made successful comedies, and I'd probably give, you know, it was probably Bill Murray was a granddad of all that stuff. Stripes and a few of uh, few, the uh, meatballs, you know, to yep. yep. get back on the theme of tonight's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's camp <laughs> Which is meatballs. <laughs> um, then uh, all the studios just got in. Uh, and, uh, actually, Animal House was another, of course, that was that was the most... Profitable and successful com- comedy of all time. Yeah. So then, all of a sudden, just became part of the 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 what is it? The economic economic business model of Hollywood. Let's get a bunch of cheap comedies out there, relatively cheap comedies, and uh, you know, and they'll and they'll some of them, some of them st- stuck.
2: But when you're, you know, we, so you, it, it is the sort of the path that you ended up ultimately going down. Is any of that in the plan or in your mind? Oh, you f-
4: Hell, hell no! <laughs> oh my God! I, just, I was like, just understand. You know, you ever get up at night and it's like pitch dark, and all you know, all you know is your 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 throat is on fire, and you got to get a glass of water, mm-hmm. and you don't turn on any lights and so you just stumble, you just jump out of bed, and you run as fast as you can mm-hmm. into the bath. That's what, that's what my career was. It was a dark, it was a dark house, <laughs> I, I was stubbing my toe, left and right, but I had to get some water because my throat was on fire, that was, that was, that was it. I never, know. I just you know, took along, took it for a while there, I took every job that came down the pike, you know, just, you know, I was a racehorse. A thirsty, (laughs) thirsty, desperate, desperate racehorse. What
0: were some of the movies that you would have not taken into, like, if you were in Desperate?
4: What do you mean? I'm sorry.
0: Are there any movies where you're like, you're like, oh, if I wasn't like just looking for the next gig, I probably would have passed on it or anything like that. Oh, I don't
4: know. I don't know. Yeah, that's 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 you know that requires too much wisdom, which.
0: uh...
4: (laughs) Uh, No, I, 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 look, it, it was, it was a, it was a. It was a wild, fabulous time. It was a great ride. I will, I will admit, I did not. I probably did not get tired. <laughs> I mean, literally, like physically, beat until um, uh, right after I made this movie with uh, John Patrick Shanley called Joe Versus Volcano. Yeah, yeah. with my first movie with Meg Ryan. Uh, which was a fabulous experience every step of the way and is a bodacious movie for yeah, you know a big percentage of it. They, it was really... A, uh, actually, I still a line from it. He had Lloyd... John Patrick Shanley wrote, wrote this line for Lloyd Bridges, who I had a long scene with. And Lloyd Bridges is like, and man, when you're doing that, buddy, man, you're in the high country. So I actually think I just said that in this, in this podcast, so I still use it. But when that movie was over, I had, I had probably made... I think maybe twelve movies, almost back to back, and I, I was I was exhausted. Yeah. And I kind of like uh, I probably went down for as long as I can, and then, and then then you literally you just you just you just pick them a little bit. You know? yeah. Actually, the movies became much more involving. You know, they were uh, they took longer to do, and they were and by that time I I I probably felt as though I had a, a bit of a better understanding of just what my my my.
2: My process was,
4: <laughs> you know, the research that you had to do and, and the work that you had to do in conjunction with everything. So you're
2: about, you're about, that's about ten years
4: in. I had start. a run there, man, where I made a ton, a ton of movies, and my <laughs> joke is, and, and two of them were pretty good. <laughs> 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 well, but, Maybe three. Three of them were pretty
2: good. But because I'm, I'm always interested in the idea of, like, how long it takes a performer, whether it's a you know a comedian or a writer or an actor or whatever, to go from that place where you're like a young hungry kid to sort of like, okay, I know who I am now and I, I see, I have a better view of Man, everything. for
4: me it was just totally age-based, you know, because it all started when I was in my 20s and, uh, I, you know, I, uh, I, by the time I was about 31, 32, I think, I, actually I'll tell you this, okay. I know this for a fact because my 27th birthday was celebrated in, <laughs> in, the, in the Bahamas. Uh, on the final day of shooting for Splash. So they quickly rigged the wrap cake, you know, that celebrates Aww. the end of shooting. They, they essentially, they took like a tube of toothpaste and wrote, happy birthday, Tom, on the same day. So that was my 27th birthday. So from, from 27 to about Thirty-two, maybe thirty-three. Man, I just, I just, I just, uh, I went berserk. Yeah. It was well, like every day was a doubleheader.
2: But Splash was Splash was a hit, and Bachelor Park yeah, yeah, was, yeah. A hit, but, and was a hit. But and Bachelor Party was a hit. But Big, but Big was like, oh, that's a whole other kind. I mean, that yeah. movie was in the theater for like two and a half months. Yeah, it did
4: yeah, Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, that was probably it. And I think I think that was my ninth movie. Wow, Big was. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, nine. And I think Joe versus Volcano was my twelfth or (laughs) thirteenth. So I I, I continued the uh, the uh, quote unquote hot streak there of uh, doing anything. Uh, Well, is there there catering? Am I going to wear a costume? When does it start? Tuesday? I'm there. Let's go. But I
2: mean, you know, because even so, you know, again, just the way that the industry kind of compartmentalizes people and puts them in boxes, you know, it's pretty much it's all comedies at that point, and a lot of kind of slapsticky comedies. So how do you go from how did, where, where's the turning point between that and like, okay, Philadelphia, well, like, like... Well,
4: yeah. I got very lucky because Penny Marshall, who directed Big, uh, and it landed, you know, it kind of like landed because it fell out of financing a couple of times, and when it came back around to me, Penny was, Penny was hell-bent on the theme of what the movie was. So she was saying, she had faith that I could get there along with her. So it wasn't just about jokes. I, you know, look. I started off in classical repertory theater, so I, you know, I, I wanted to always wanted to play Iago and stuff like that. I did, you know, very straight Shakespearean tragedies and stuff like that. <clears throat> but what, what had, what had what had sold for me was the things that I had learned with Joel's wick on Bosom buddies which is this thing is thrown on your desk on Monday morning and you got to sell every one of those friggin jokes and that <laughs> you got a scar you know that's what I I got a scar so that, that's what I did and by the time I got to work with Penny on that and 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 uh, and also prior to that with Sally Field um, and David Seltzer's punchline. Punch uh, it was that was not a matter of scoring anywhere. We were now dealing with you know more more serious themes. I must say, my fifth movie. I, don't, I only remember the, the order of the early ones because once, <laughs> once you get past, once you get into double digits, I don't know what number the movie was. <laughs> but my fifth movie was nothing in common with Gary Marshall. Yes. And that was, at, you know, they had themes about fathers and sons and stuff like that. Jackie so it, Gleason. Jackie Gleason. So I had, I, had a, I had, by that time, a taste and experience of aiming beyond just selling the thing. I worked with really talented people from Second City who were the staff in the advertising agency. Um, so, the, yeah, you get to this point where you're now, you know, you're now part of the filmmaking process. Uh, not every director says, come on and let's talk about what we're going to do. And by that point, Pity was saying, well, you know, you're going to you're gonna have to love her. You know, <laughs> She's not some fake girl. She's not a bitch you gonna a long <laughs> I'm sorry, Penny, I couldn't
2: I didn't get that last part. What no, I, believe, last part?
4: I didn't either. I'm <laughs> just literally imitating the sounds I read. <laughs> right,
2: right, not, right. not, not Penny, she what said. are you we're all just standing here?
4: Penny <laughs> just wrote a book, by the way. It was something called Sold My Mother Was Nuts or something like that. Penny just wrote yeah, a it was book. Is the font written. really small? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just trails off. But yeah, right. I t- here's what you should do. Eat it with some crackers in your mouth. <laughs> 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 I said I just said I went and did the Odd Couple with Jack Klugman. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It's not my <laughs> Actually, yeah, uh, I played his secretary. That's the
0: way. I have told. a Penny
4: Marshall translator app. It
0: <laughs> gives you, you uh, hold uh, it up. Uh, uh, oh, it's like Shazam.
4: Well, I, I just... You know what's interesting? Penny Marshall, frontwards and backwards, says the same thing. <laughs> because we like, I'm gonna try to shoot my And he did the backwards. It sounds exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> that's the it sounds. You heard the Penny Marshall. I want to try to shoot in ride Playland. That's what uh, that's what she said.
2: I, I I podcasted Larry King yesterday, and I was on his set and there was a glass in front of me with lipstick on it, and I was like, what was this? And he was like, ah, that was Penny Marshall. She was, I just, and I was like, oh my God, if I drink from this, it's almost like I'm oh, that, making out with Penny bad. Marshall. Yeah. That's a story. That's
4: a story right there. Why wouldn't I? And also something about the hygiene around the new. Yeah. The new <laughs> Larry King. New Larry they're King. They're that
2: kid, boy, they cleared I, the glasses. I just like to think that it's like. I'm
4: just saying disposable cups, maybe.
2: <laughs> I like to think that Penny just lives in the walls. Like, <laughs> oh, it's Penny again. <laughs> She's put her mouth on something. She hasn't done here for it.
0: years, but the lipstick shows up on the glass <laughs> oh, <God>. every Tuesday.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I, I said Penny is uh, man, she, I I love. She she reclaimed me a couple of times. I mean, Big Big was really a. I mean, I got the nomination for that, and it was huge. And it made a that was a big the big deal about that. It made a hundred million dollars over the course of the entire summer. It squeaked. Wow! It opened in June. You remember this kind of stuff? It opened in June. On the uh, incredible sum of like eight hundred screens, which at the time was like that's insane, eight hundred. <laughs> <screen."> now <laughs> movies open up on thirty five thousand yeah. screens. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it opened in June, and it just kept doing business. So that by the time we actually, the first time I ever went to Venice for the Venice Film Festival in Venice, Italy, which is you know a big deal for you know a kid from Oakland, California, they had we had a a, a cake that said congratulations. One hundred million dollars. It was a big deal for a movie yeah, to make like one hundred million dollars then. People bought you a but lot of we, cakes, but by way. we had—I know—and I know, a tasty cake. We had it <laughs> on. We had it on what I call the the. Yeah. Uh, uh, like the 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 I uh, say what was it? it like the Hitler Terrace of uh, Venice, you know? Oh right. So, uh, <laughs> when you when you go off the film festivals, you always stay in hotels where Hitler went, you know. Yes, sure, sure. And he stood right I here mean, on I this did. terrace. <laughs> and so we had we had a cake that said a hundred million dollars on it, but we were still only at like ninety seven point eight million. Oh. So they were, they were fudging the numbers even.
2: Oh. Back with then. actual fudge. With, yes, <laughs>
4: with delicious Italian chocolate fudge. Okay. <laughs> what do you think?
2: Josh Baskin ended up being, like, as a grown-up.
4: Oh, that's... A, oh, that's... A, okay, let's play fan did, fiction did, 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 <laughs> Let's play fan fiction.
2: Uh, and then we'll put him in sexy situations. Well, that, let's see, how
4: old... <laughs> <laughs> I believe he grew up to be a... Uh, 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 very poorly respected uh, dental hygienist <laughs> <laughs> his kids with him. his kids don't care for him and lo and behold what happens sure. yeah. to him yeah. is the NFL replacements <laughs> are called for. He he, he, tried to, he tried to bond with his kid by, by refereeing the local football. You're making jokes, but this is football. brilliant. This kind of <laughs> weird a fabulous a weird idea, sequel. man. It's a good idea, but I'm telling you, Fox already has it in development. Yeah. I'm
0: I telling like, you right now. I
2: like the idea that that whole experience actually screwed up the rest of his life because he always thought, no, no. Don't always be a kid. But then at a certain point, it's like, you kind of got to be a crook. Okay, so here's something interesting. Um, years ago,
4: when when Bob Zemeckis and I were shooting Castaway in Memphis, we um, uh, contacted, or maybe he called, Michael Connor Humphreys. You know that name, Michael Connor no. Humphreys? Michael Connor Humphreys played young Forrest, the little Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah. oh. The little kid where he's running and the, yep. and the, and the braces fall off. And so we hadn't seen him since we had made the movie, and in your mind's eye, he's still essentially a seven-year-old kid. And in walked this gorgeous bohunk of a guy who was now out of high school. And uh, we, had a, we had a really nice, like, 40-minute conversation where the three of us just sat. You know, it's, it, it was for him, it was a huge experience to have to make that movie and yeah. for all of us. And so we had a very nice kind of, like, go around. We didn't talk about the movie much. We talked about how we were doing that. He was a really great guy. And uh, without absolutely no sheen of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of stuff can go awry with a kid actor who's in a movie. Sure. Uh, but he had a great life and he was very happy uh, and he was going off. And then just last week, I was at this thing with a bunch of uh, veterans and I came across a guy with a, uh, a 101st Airborne patch on his shoulder. I said, oh, hey, 101st, puking buzzard, screaming eagle, the whole bit. So we share something and he says, I, hey, I got to tell you, my, <clears throat> Uh, I was uh, Michael uh, Humphrey's uh, commanding officer. He was in the 101st Airborne and oh was in God. Afghanistan. Oh, and wow. he's, I believe he's back now. And he's doing oh, good. So, how, how's that for you know a perspective on life that yeah. you know, goes beyond anything like that, no, anything like that? That was that was pretty impressive.
2: Well, that wow. must be you know like especially because of the types of uh, because of the types of projects that you produce and, and, and are involved in. It, it must give you a nice perspective. I'm like, oh yeah, all the pretend acting stuff we do is really not the most important things in the world. When you're looking at NASA and and war, yeah, and, yeah, people know.
4: people where people truly risk their lives and uh, do things,
2: yeah, yeah. But 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 is it, does it, do you feel like that that kind of deep dive is something that's sort because of, you're a very you seem like a very grounded, just like you know. I mean, there are all the legendary stories of like Tom Hanks is the nicest guy you could ever meet, but. There must be some sort of a no, never You heard. bet. <laughs> Except for the people I fired.
3: <laughs> 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 well, the, the,
4: the, 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 the job, look, I have to say, the job is so, is so fun. And every time I go off and see something that blows me away, all I am is an audience member. That's all, you know. Some new thing that's like on on TV. Like um, okay. Uh, like I was so happy for Damian Lewis. He just won yeah, for, for Homeland. Damien Lewis played Richard Winters in Band of Brothers. He was like the star of Band of mm-hmm. Brothers. And uh, they, they, he was. We had we had every future British star was in Band of that's Brothers. True. Yeah, I can literally <laughs> go off and name him. And I've come across some guys like Jude Law. I said Jude, why weren't you in Band of Brothers? He <laughs> wouldn't hire me in Band of Brothers. <laughs> I didn't get British? past. The oh, sorry about that. Uh, I wasn't responsible for all the casting. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, you, you, you can never discount how important the bond is between the audience and the project. I mean, people see this, and they really do invest... The same brand of heart and what have you that you, if you're lucky enough, you we get to as the as the as the folks who make them. So uh, it's it's a it's a business it's it's work to be taking serious very seriously in a business that is just worthy of skewering every chance yeah. <laughs> every chance you get. It's just the goofiest business on the planet. It's high school with ashtrays. I mean, or, or not the, not as many ashtrays. Yeah, yeah. I know, that's what we used to call junior college. I went to junior college for two years. Chabot Junior College says, hey, how's college going? How's college going? It's high School with ash grades. Yeah. That's all it is. You had to smoke in class, and people did, you know. I had professors who would smoke in class back then. My college is great. My friend calls it <laughs> 13th grade. 13th grade.
2: Very true. Yeah. Very true. Do you ever, you know, when, it, when you're kind of getting to a point where it's like, you know, big hit after big hit, and you know, you're, you're, do, it's, uh, you know, Philadelphia and Forrest Gump, and they're, and you're just knocking them out of the park. Do you get, do you have that artist thing of superstitious at all? Of like, d- does it kind of screw with your head, or how do you how do you kind of maintain your balance? Uh, I, I look honestly, it takes a
4: while because you think you know you think you're gonna you, you, for a while there, you're MC Hammer.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Can not touch this? And the, yeah, and then you know next summer, you're MC Hammer. <laughs> you know, not, then you're just Hammer. Look, God bless that guy, without a doubt. You know the. the it's a, it, That's what the vagaries are, and you have to be prepared for it. And so the work has to be, the the quality of the work you do has to be the most important because nothing will ever sustain, and you will pour yourself into stuff that ends up not doing anything, and you'll pour yourself into stuff that, that does okay. Like I, I did a movie, <clears throat> the, uh, 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 Larry Crown, which came out a few years ago, and uh, man, worked, loved every day working on it, worked really hard, blah, blah, blah. And it came out <laughs> did absolutely no business whatsoever. Um, but that doesn't diminish what I think was the power of it in the, in the connection that we had to it. And I got to tell you I, I get letters I get letters almost every day regarding almost every movie I've ever made. <laughs> going back to dear dear Mr. Hanks. I was laid up the other day, and I watched some of Turner and Hooch.
2: <laughs> you
4: still you know, talk to Hooch. I don't, I don't. I'm sure Hooch is dead by now, but <laughs> and I'm not one to cry in movies, but when I saw that, I got to say, it reminded me and my dog that I had. You know, and, and they all react to things. And Larry Crown, even a movie like Larry Crown, I get letters right now. that <coughs> they say, Dear Mr. Hanks, <laughs> I, like so I had I had some rever- re- reversals of fortune lately, <laughs> and, I, and I was feeling very down. I was depressed, but decided to much. I, then I saw your film, and I signed up for classes at the local college, and I met a very nice girl. And right now, I'm, I'm I have a very nice job working in the food service industry. And so you hear this kind of also, stuff. Also, George and Takei say, is man. Nice. It's a, it's like it's like vox populi. It's like you know the people speak o- over the long haul. Yeah. But but the, the the people that go berserk is every. Everybody that you know that represents you and works for you, you know they they think that uh, they think that the that gravy train is just going to keep on a running. And eventually uh, you come up and you you know you, you just do a movie and everybody says, "Hmm, okay." So uh, <laughs> <laughs> here's, the other thing. here's the other thing that, that is very that very interesting. I worked in uh, I was in working in Europe almost all last year, uh, just by happenstance. And there's a huge difference between. Uh, this is a big difference between people who walk up to you in Europe and people who walk up to you in the United States, and even the press. In the United States, all they want to talk about is the hits, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> I, you know? They will still talk to me about, it. so did you know when making Toy Story, Toy Story, you know, you know or Forrest Gump this, or blah, 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 when you go over to Europe, they mention the most obscure films you've ever made. Uh, uh, Mr. Hanks, your film, Terminal, this was me, this was me. <laughs> <laughs> I was the story of Turmanal. Oh, you were trapped in an you airport? make you make my story. You make <laughs> my story. And they will mention like the stuff that you know it never really saw the light of day. Oh, Mr. Heinz, I must tell you that here in Germany, we, we very much appreciate your film, Bonfire of the Antities. We found it to be a very funny, very funny look at the greed of an. So you have no idea how things are I really are thought gonna the play. Germans
0: were going to be into the burbs. Uh, in the well, you,
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you get those. Uh, I was at... Uh, we, my wife and I were on our... Actually, we were on our, our honeymoon, and we were driving uh, from... Uh, this is the first time we went. We rented a car. We were in Europe. We drove from Paris, France... She drove out of Paris, by the way, because I wasn't about to tackle (laughs) that. You ever see see that that roundabout around the Arc de Triomphe? My wife navigated that. (laughs) And I was petrified every step of the way, but she wanted to go over to this dress designer's place. And so anyway, so we drove, and we were in Italy, and we stopped at, uh, all the food in Italy is great. So you stop at the Route. And they have, like, the, their version of a Howard Johnson's is actually like a four-star Italian
2: restaurant. <laughs> right. <laughs> and everything is homemade. It's, it's all fantastic. And very nut logs.
4: And so I'm we're in there somewhere between uh, Milan and Rome, and I'm beating up the greatest lasagna and stuff. And it happens to be the Puerto Rican national baseball team oh. is touring Italy for some reason. And I'm pouring some stuff. And hey there, Tom Hanks, you're so you're so funny in the Bachelor Party, man. That's my favorite movie. <laughs> we saw this, we saw this, so we see this on the bus, the Bachelor Party, you're so funny. Yeah, so I'm like Bachelor Party, okay, fine. Nothing ever dies. <laughs> Nothing ever dies. <laughs> and then they hold up, up the mixer. away. Like, they do the, they, yeah, they donkey do donkey do the whole die. thing. Oh my yeah. god.
2: They kept up crying. There is They love that. when that
4: donkey died, that's so
2: funny. <laughs> I mean, of all, the, all people in the world, you know, like a lot of people have like one project that people like shout lines from, but you have so many movies that people can just be like, I've and made I, few sequels. That's they, the only thing. <laughs> they just—they shout. I mean, it must—it must be like a nonstop. They quote the movie, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah. Okay, this is no lie. This
4: happened just on Sunday night. I happened to watch or Monday night. When did when did the Packers play the Seahawks? Last night. Okay, last night. Uh, my wife and I were going, and we we're having people over, so we just had a little bit of the game beginning, and I got such a ridiculous, stupid, silly thrill out of this moment. I never should have. I should be beyond this. I'm 56 years old, for God's sake. But they, they did a, a pan of the screaming Seattle Seahawks fans, and they're all wearing goofy football helmets and stuff like that. And I see a dude with a fake wig, a big beard, dressed in rags, <laughs> holding a Wilson Bobby. <laughs> And I was upstairs, I was upstairs, I said, baby, honey, oh, you missed it. I was so excited that some dude went to a Seattle a Seattle Seahawks football game, dressed up as Chuck Nolan from Castaway. I said, what does this have to do with beating the Packers? I do not understand, but I'm I, I man, my hat is on that guy. He, he, made it, been a, he made my night. He feels
1: like his team is trapped on an island. Maybe, that's it, know. that's right. There could have been a it. lot more Chuck Nolans after he got off the island. You wouldn't know. you never have had had
4: but what that dude was doing is it, it's like it's like kind of like seeing your name in the paper. He's like, hey, look! I that
2: I guy think. couldn't have dreamed. I mean, his ultimate dream would be. I hope Tom Hanks sees this. Well, uh, there's
4: no way you can go on YouTube and like enter in uh, Packers, Seahawks, stands. Wilson volleyball. You, you won't be able to find it anywhere, but it was. Uh, it was uh, you'd have to, if somebody taped the game, you know, posted on YouTube, so it I can have it and show my granddaughter. You? See, your dad used to be big. See, he used to be my. Your grandpa used to be a big guy. See, there's a guy dressed up as one of his characters, at a Seattle Seattle Seahawks Daddy, football player. No, no, no. That's based on, on intellectual property that me and Bob's Rebecca's i give You, you the take her- volleyball player
1: on Venice Beach. <laughs> you could take her to Disneyland and go to the toys. Story right, but instead you show no, that's,
4: that's just some big goofy cowboy, you know, that doesn't really speak. No, I gotta show her that. Yeah, I gotta show her how it entered into the national consciousness. <laughs> yes.
2: Look at these flowcharts, look at the spreadsheet. <laughs> did you know what Zeitgeist means? <laughs> that's, me. <laughs> that, that's me. That's me. <laughs> did you ever do, do stand up before? Did you, did, no, it, no, I had no So cur- when you did Punchline, no, I didn't have
4: the courage to do stand up. I only did it armed with the celebrity of getting ready to do Punchline. Punchline
2: is one of those movies that, I mean, just from being a con- for some it, it still resonates with me and I still go back to those because mo- I think it had some of those moments that sort of every comic fears where you're having a meltdown on stage and it's like <laughs> and your dad's in the audience and he's disappointed in you and you're bombing like just those those moments happened. No, well, yes. like that? Fact, yes, it did. As a matter of fact, it did. Uh, when I first started doing stand-up. Oh, you found oh, it? Oh, yeah! No, <laughs> you found it! It is there! <laughs> ah, that that's a Wilson is meme.
4: it? Has begun in Seattle. Oh, my God. Now, this, this was on TV for probably... 1.8 seconds <laughs> and that I happen to see. Now that dude right there oh, thrilled me really. to no end. Now
0: Looked what? At him.
2: Okay, here's here's my guess. Just kind of being internet I it says that this is a meme in Seattle. So I think what's happening is a lot of people are actually doing this and trying to be photographed. <laughs> that it's yeah. actually a meme, Wilson meme, because There it of is. Seattle. At the
4: beginning of the Monday night football match between Green Bay Packers, and LCA, a shot of the crowd via a new meme that we're really, really, really hoping doesn't catch <laughs> on. <laughs>
2: zeitgeist yeah. uh, let's call this guy Bill Hanstock Bill see, it's Tom Hanks you what see, is the,
4: the quarterback for the Seahawks is named Russell Wilson and well and oh. right because it's the same surname as the beloved volleyball from that film Sure, alright who wrote who wrote this
2: that's uh ro- that's, that's Bill Hanstock Nation Bill Hanstock. Bill Han-
4: Curse you, Bill Hanstock.
0: Uh, <laughs> I hope this takes over the world. <laughs> that's a that's a no- there's another kind of meme thing that's happening with you too. Is the uh, putting the period next to the T on a, a garbage?
4: Oh there. yeah, yeah. Hanks and then also
0: yeah. Hanksy which is the uh Oh, the, the artist, yeah. yeah the yes. Banksy, uh Banksy parodies involved. The in anonymous
4: you. street gorilla artist I yes, like to. Yeah. Gorilla street artist as I like
0: to say. <laughs> yeah. You seen any of those the Hanksy? I've not seen the Hanksy. They're great. They're just they're like they're like Banksy but they're all like always something more pop culture and dealing with Tom.
2: You seem pretty uh you seem pretty digital You're on the Twitter. It's up to you do you do you, do you, do you Oh, other... yeah, I, I like I, I tweet like once every 10 days. <laughs>
1: but when you do, gold. I, yeah. Well, I you know,
4: I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to tweet like just chilling with a cup of tea. <laughs> I'm not, not going to tweet that. Bob Zemeckis just ate all the chips. Man, yeah, that's so like him. You know what I love? Wheat thins and Philadelphia cream cheese. I don't I don't, I don't tweet that, although that's pretty good snack. So I wait in order to have something.
2: Yeah. Try to do it. Do you, uh, do you ever... Ha- how do you get comfortable with everything? I mean, like, it just... I, I have this idea that... When people fail more than they're used to or they succeed more than they're used to, they kind of get anxious, like, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) how do you... you... Look, all I say, I was
4: really, 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 really fortunate because the TV show was uh, Bosom Buddies. This was a complete also-ran of a TV show, although... I think we had like an like a sometimes we had like an eighteen share, a twenty-two oh, share. Wow. Which if you had wow. now wow. You would own not, we television would be, we would be as big as American Idol, for God's sake. <laughs> but we were on opposite um, uh, Magnum P. I Tom mm-hmm. Selleck's so, so Peter and I are on TV, right? We got we have this TV show. Magnum P. I sure. has not even premiered yet. And Tom Selleck is on the cover of TV Guide, which is like, uh, wait, yeah. this guy's not even on the show yet. And then, of course, he came on and he absolutely creamed us. So I was very lucky because I was I was working in like quote unquote big time show business, but nothing, you know, I wasn't. I was I'd get recognized every now and again at the, you know, baggage carousel, you know, at the Burbank Airport, uh, and it was only a matter of you know kept kept working for a long time, and every time uh, something happened, it was always a there was always a bigger story attached like on uh with splash you know the, the movie was such a huge success and daryl was so gorgeous it was all about daryl really i was a guy in the movie and bachelor party, bachelor party was just like it was like a rip off of, of their successful you know <laughs> um, get them get them laid comedy so that was that was poo-pooed. so i did not i did not have a, a you know an overnight thrusting into a public eye uh, you know, I never had anybody, no, no studio or network just said, we're going to build a whole campaign around you. And that never happened. It just sort of like gradually went on. And so I never had to, uh, luckily, deal with something that is really incredibly unhealthy, which is the, you know, an immediate attention of the white Whitehawks. Well, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's
2: all our culture is about now. That's
4: exactly right. OK. All right, so I'm, I, I drive down. I drive past a, a, a preschool in, in our neighborhood. And uh, lately I've been driving past, and there I swear to God, there are 22 uh, paparazzi guys, and they all look the same. They all look like thugs. You know? yeah. <laughs> they're These all look, in yeah. shorts, and they all have those big sports lenders, and they're hanging out in front of something like... You know the crazy clown day school, trying to get a picture of somebody who's just dropping off their kid, which I think is kind of criminal. I mean, it puts the puts the kid at danger and is, isn't healthy for anybody. But yeah, now it's now it's the now it's the coin of the realm. But it's not it's not as expensive a coin as it used to. be.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a volume
4: business. Oh wait,
2: it's a volume business. You might, yeah. You'd be a good person, ask How? How is how is the paparazzi thing okay? Like those pictures, like the footage that they got of Kate Middleton. Oh, I, how is that? Like if I just took a camera and stood outside someone's window and started taking pictures, I would get arrested. How is it okay if those people are famous?
4: I don't think I'm allowed to say because I'm a celebrity, but I think they should. I think they should. I think it is criminal. I think it's yeah, ridiculous. It's kind of a weird. There were the you know it's okay a freedom of the press thing I kind of get it but I don't see how the pretty girl who's on the new show about you know vampires and cops uh, taking her daughter off to get news sh- I don't see how that's news <laughs> yeah. and yet it's uh, to me it's it's this far away from. From really uh, 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 a, a, a what's the word? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There, there's a malevolence to it. I think it's like a malevolent kind of stalking.
2: Well, I and, think, but there's money to be yeah. made. But there's there's an interesting kind of um, I've noticed that, there's, that I, th- I what I feel like they do is you know, they take people who are really famous who would never do a reality show and they create print reality shows out of these people, <laughs> like entire like just these narratives to their lives, which probably isn't true, just because. People crave so much of that. Well, now
4: people kind of dig it, too. It's like now it's like a badge of honor to uh, do byplay with, like, TMZ or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I,
0: it's real, so weird. real badge of honor there. It's so weird, though. You'll see someone that they're on a reality show because they're not famous. They, they're just this normal person that has an extraordinary life, maybe. And then they make a series about them that's just their life that is a little bit, you know, constructed, maybe. Then they go on a talk show to say, oh, this new season's really good. The new season of your life? And <laughs> <laughs> Like how, like yeah, that, we do some really exciting things yeah, this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, I had a birthday again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I had a disagreement with my mom.
4: Yeah, so, you wait till you see that. Scene. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs>
0: like, And that's and it's making
4: all these people think that's
0: the way. I a lot gotta of life believe. It you
4: gotta believe that producers say, "Okay, ladies, 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 everybody's lip gloss in place. Your hair looks beautiful." Of course they do. A, all right, uh, we want you to go to this restaurant and please don't get
2: along. <laughs> <laughs> so
4: just go to this restaurant and bring up stuff about each other but
2: that pisses great. each other's off. Come up with no something. No one wants to see Please. that. Yeah. Please, I'm yeah. falling asleep yeah. over here. Well, yeah. I think, I, so, uh, you know, what I really saw happen just in the span of, you know, since reality television's been popular since, like, 91, when the real world came around. Oh, yeah,
4: yeah.
0: Is
2: yeah. Uh, is is people really weren't accustomed to having cameras filming their everyday lives, so they acted normally. Yeah, they are. And then the producers created, just having known a bunch of people who worked on the real world, they would always watch the first episode and go... That's not how that happened. You <laughs> married something that happened months later and put a voiceover that was never about that. And, yeah. they they, and the producer said, we never said this was real. It's a reality-based soap opera. And so they're creating characters all in post. And then yeah. a whole generation of kids yeah. watches that and goes, oh, the like, they took the most ridiculous moments. But then kids go, oh, I have to be ridiculous to be on television. And then they do it on purpose. Okay. all
4: right. You're absolutely right. But that being said, there are three fabulous reality TV shows that I watch as regularly as I can. Do tell. Number one, Deadliest Catch. Okay. Oh yeah. Now there's not a man in the world who doesn't feel like the biggest pussy on the planet (laughs) when he watches Deadliest Catch. Because I'm telling you right now, by and large, I see anything on TV, I think I could do that. You know? I could kick a field goal like that. I could do that. There's no way I could survive on one of those boats out pulling that stuff out. I would be Weeping, I'd have a hook through my hand, <laughs> uh, I would have bonked my head off. Crab on your something. face, uh, eating your eyes. I, I would I'd be been the greenhorn that they can't get off the boat. <laughs> I just uh, hate wet fast socks. Enough. <laughs> there you go. I just yeah. hate wet Wet socks. and cold Ugh, and sleepy all friggin' day for like, uh, there's only 11 days in the crabby season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're, you're on the booze in sleeping. Couldn't do that show. Seafood. I like and seafood, I wouldn't have fun. No, Mythbusters. Amazing. I adore Mythbusters because it's actual science and physics. Prove it and I must say the guilty pleasure I have is Storage Wars. I'm with just, you. Just, oh my
2: god, I'm I love with Storage you 100%. Wars. I never watch Storage Wars because I wrote it fun off. Of me for it. Sure. I did make fun of you for it. Yet yeah. yeah, two days ago on Sunday, I have a couple hours off. I go to turn the Xbox on and Storage Wars is on. Hypnotic! And then I yeah. stop not <laughs> <my laughs> going anywhere. Yep. And before I know it, I'm like, yep. oh my god, how are they gonna get rid of those skates? Those skates have got to be worth like. If he doesn't make four hundred dollars, his that wife's gonna get in
4: the business. That is an original horsehair motorcycle jacket <laughs> from the 1950s. That is gonna be easy eight hundred dollars. Exactly. And then the
2: guy takes an old keyboard to Marty and Elaine at That's the right, dressing like, room. Oh, wow. He's at
4: the fucking dressing room. I was yeah. done. Yeah.
2: They got. They got. Uh, what is
4: it? He had. A, he had a uh, the funny guy. Had Barry. a had a, a
1: huh Barry Barry oh, had this guy.
4: great guitar and he took it. as like he's oh, here's the guitarist from the Clash who's gonna. Yeah. He, I yeah, can't yeah, remember yeah. who the band member was, but he said no. This is a great Aerosmith. Guitar. Was That's it. it. Yeah, it was from That's Aerosmith. it. Yeah, it
1: was oh, this is a good Aerosmith. guitar. This, yeah, yeah. this guitar's about worth about forty five hundred bucks. He, when he found the drum set, he took it to Stu Copeland. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, All the storage guys are I hanging it. out and then
4: Brandy and Jared—they yeah. got some place down uh, in down, Orange down yep. in Orange County. Yep. I swear to God, I'm going to punch that into the the GPS one
2: day. Yeah, no, I I'm thought about gonna, it. Too. I got
1: to go off
4: and buy I some stuff, man. Too.
2: I I just like watching the the kind of the scenes they create, because I in my head just. I, I go, oh, that must have taken, like, five takes, but the guy gives the keyboard to Marty and Elaine. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, of course, Marty and Elaine are at the point in their lives where they literally lack the ability to emote. Yes. And, and anyway, <laughs> and so he's like, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, and he smacks his hand on the keyboard. This keyboard is now yours, and they're like...
4: Oh, that's right, sorry. oh, that was really right. oh, right, right. And then I like the set-up cutaway. Set-up cutaway. As soon as I went up, I knew that was my locker uh, <laughs> you know? Dave, Dave's going to pull his shenanigans with me, but I got news for him. Buddy, you're toast. I love that. Oh, geez.
1: Tom Hanks just did a Daryl impression. My wife, my, wife
4: comes, my wife comes home and says, what are we doing in your office? Like, Baby, Storage Wars Marathon. I had like, I had like nine of them on you my DVR. You can't DBR. Not watch it. You can't oh, watch it. Oh, it's fat. The, do, you not, rolls do you in? not want to go do that look i am doing pretty good I could probably Absolutely. I could probably get any of those lockers on ah. you right <laughs> <laughs> so there's something, there's, please, please. there's something about it i it. just like to be in the back you know and however high it goes all right 800 going once 800 a thousand dollar Dude,
2: uh, no you you have to go bigger you have to we have to sneak you into the bag of storage where they're like 650 675 a million dollars. <laughs> I've always well, that's a, little bit much. a
0: bunch uh, of trash bags. Although,
4: you know, if there's like an old rusty bike in the back sure, of that yeah. and some sure. busted typewriters. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm, typewriters. Just typewriters. i got to tell you, I, I know those jokers are trying to take this away from me, but i am tell
2: you right now, that typewriter is mine. And, and it just, to says, me and it just says Tom Hanks on the bottom, it they put your name <laughs> on there. Don't forget to pay the lady. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a Storage Wars parody. That would be so oh fun. Oh my God, oh my I'm God. I'm sure we could get they need to let us. Do that. I'm I, sure th- I'm sure. I've turned
4: would. a few people on to storage wars, man. And now, I've been telling, people. by the way, These isn't it? Great? Front of me. Look, look at America. America is such a obese and diverse and rich country that people will put <laughs> stuff in storage and essentially forget about it. Yep, forever. Yeah, forever. Yeah. 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 And by the way, gold coins, yep, sure. you know, right. safes with <laughs> yeah. stuff in it, old masterpieces, even, classic guitars Even the guitars. white trashiest of people live like kings. Yeah. So that, was there, there was one, there was a in the back behind a mask. Mattress covered with some paint under a rag was something that I think Dave Hester said Mm, that could be a Hammond B3 organ. if that's <laughs> yes, yes, yes. If that's a Hammond B3, that's worth a lot of money. <laughs> then it cut to him, then. I'll tell you right now, I don't know much about music, but if that's a Hammond B3 organ, this locker is mine. <laughs> Jeez, I Dana, Please, I love Dana
0: it. Please, I love it. Dana Gould has that great joke where he's like, one day they're just going to like lift open the thing and be oh, there's a
4: disc, what's behind it? It's a
0: bucket of hands! <laughs> it's a bucket of hands! <laughs> it's going to be the silence
4: this of the It's a shrunken head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, guess what? There's a dead dog carcass oh, back no, here. Son of a gun. I'll tell you right now. I'm telling you right now, Brandy, Jared, Yep. Married forever. That is the greatest they're marriage great. I have ever seen, They are seen, a lot man. of fun. They are a blast. They're on Twitter. I love them when they fight. I love them when they make up. That is a great... They're, they're Boy, a great she's going to give me the business. Like, it's
2: so <laughs> yeah. much of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, if he doesn't figure out how to get these... Uh, then we're
1: I love gonna... when you get little glimpses into how they met. Like, they met at a strip club. Like <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> That's, like, how
2: they met. No. God. She was working. Oh. I like to think she was living in a storage bin, and he opened it, and uh. then they met. Did, did oh, they you did. see the one
4: where they found a thing that was, like, they thought maybe was a Knott's Berry Farm memorabilia? Yeah.
1: Yes, so they go to Knott's Berry Farm with
4: And they with their kids. Yes. And so it turns out it's a worthless thing. It's yeah. a repro. But then it shows them <laughs> ride in their eyes at Knott's Berry Farm with their kids. as oh, to man. Do oh man. Honey, how come we can't be like <laughs> Jared and Brandy? We haven't even been to Knott's Berry Farm with our <laughs> we kids. We need to get into uh, some right. kind of wars. See, which is what the point of reality TV is all about. <laughs> it is. Teach us how to appreciate our lives Now because you people can't see this, Tom
2: actually removed his glasses in a professorial manner.
4: Pointing towards it as the expert in media. but I,
2: I want—I also want to share the story of how we got you on this podcast, which yeah. is you collect vintage typewriters. We got
4: some sitting around right yeah. here,
2: and uh, one of our talent bookers, Ashley, is friends with your assistants, and said, "You know, Tom collects vintage typewriters, so it'd be really fun to send him like a nice. We found a 1934 Smith Corona, typed out a letter on it, sent the whole typewriter over. And your response was exactly the response <laughs> you predicted. I, no, it was exactly the response I would have wanted, <laughs> because it was written on the typewriter, and it started off with. It was the, the tone of it was like. What do you think I am, a whore? How dare you try to bri- Oh, this thing types pretty sweet. I don't know if I- Oh, and it's really silent. Oh, all right. Damn you all to hell. Like, it was the most perfect- And here I am. And he bought for the
4: price of a typewriter that was in the Let back. Let that be like known. And then when, you, then
2: when I met you, for Biglia's movie, you were like, you could have just asked. You didn't have to send me a typewriter.
4: Typewriters, uh, the, I, I was, uh, uh, I went to a, uh, I was in Germany. as of my year last year. And I went to- I love uh, history, and you know, particularly communists, man. The communists cracked me up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so, so and, we, and me we, we went your first comedy record.
4: We went to this great museum that a guy started uh, in Dresden simply because he actually, the guy was from the West, and when the wall came down, he moved right back to Dresden to be with his family. And uh, and essentially, not, he couldn't get a job. So, right, so, we took all this stuff and jammed it, I think, as a, as a museum of all the stuff that's left over from East Germany. And it turns out that East Germany in the 50s had a really pretty good economy, and they made really good typewriters, which I commented on. Next thing I know, boom, it's on the radio, <laughs> and I got I got East German typewriters arriving at the hotel,
3: <laughs> you know,
4: like crazy. So I scored good on some, and everybody got a letter back, dear, you know, frau, uh, you know, Bo- <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, thank you so much, pardon my I don't speak German. And the thing that's tough about German typewriters is, in the German language, Uh, the Y is not used nearly as much as the letter Z. So on on the typewriter keyboard, they're transposed.
3: Uh. Uh, An American
4: type, English language, QWERTY. Q-W-E-R-T-Y. In Germany, it's QUIRTZ, Q-W-E-R-T-Z. So typing a letter to somebody on a German typewriter no, that's just a motherfucker. You're always part of my language. Quartz? You'll beat that out, Quartz. Ah, uh, well, don't be shiz. I mean, shy. Don't you know you're, you're screwing up? You're screwing up every every time you try to. went to the market. No, they went to the market. Hard to talk up about the band. Yes, you can never. Yeah. Yeah. Every
1: every letter's forty yeah. pages because he's yeah. apologizing for each yeah, mistake. Yeah, it was a good zeer for me. I
2: mean, year for me. <laughs> top. But thank you for that typewriter. No, please. I was, very it was much. it was an honor and, and, and it was one of those things where I'm like, ah he, he's never gonna respond to this. So it was a, it was it
4: was, okay. it was a so, so I got a I got a I got a letter from the lady. Uh you know Dear Mr. Hanks, I hear I read in a magazine that you collect typewriters. Blah, blah, blah. My my grandson is going out to college and I thought I'd raise some money and I've had this old typewriter in the, in the and I'd like to offer it for you and if you'd be willing to buy it the, the money would go towards my son's
3: college
4: so alright so uh she left a number and she wasn't too far away she was up in Santa Barbara so I called her up cold called her hey Merrill or whatever her name was Merle something like that oh well I, well, I can't believe it Mr. Hank you must be calling about the tie prize.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no actually, I said well <laughs> what are you
4: wearing <laughs> well yeah have you uh, you know that it's a uh, it's a uh, it's dollar, dollar pitcher night at,
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, at, the, I, at the local
4: Acapulco in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. So she said, well, thank you very much. I would love to uh, buy your typewriter. And, and uh, you know, uh, uh, how, much would you, how much would you like for it? She said, well, I, uh, I think, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you offer would be fair. I said, okay, well, you know, typewriters are essentially uh, worthless.
3: <laughs>
4: but I love them. And, uh, you know, I, I bought a lot of typewriters. like 50 bucks at Swap Beats and stuff sure. like that. But I'll give you $100 for it. And she said, Well, I was really hoping for 500.
2: Oh. oh, 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 so she. <laughs> because
4: my son's going off to college, you mm-hmm. see. I said, 500 it is. That's uh, great. Uh, uh, I said, uh, And it was very nice. One of my niceness around here somewhere. So hey, I'm not offering, don't, don't send me any. Or it's if it's-
1: you're Daryl on Storage Wars, it'd be a $500 bill. But she always just makes up that's,
4: a $30 yeah, bill. That's 500 bucks. Hey, look, here. Here's an old typewriter. Hey, we're going to send this to that Hank guy. That's, that's easy. That, that's, that's a C note right there. You know? like, yeah,
1: but then he always like, that's a $30 bill. So a lot of I'm telling everybody on
4: Storage Wars right now, Come right to me if you find a typewriter <laughs> one of those things. You're gonna get somewhere between fifty and hundred bucks for me,
1: this. cash money. three years from now, I'll see Barry sitting at this table with you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Barry would come up with a typewriter that's made out of old like monkey paws. Or <laughs> I,
2: you know? I think you're talking about Barretts. <laughs> uh, Barretts uh, typed on a German yeah. typewriter. Yeah. Yep, that's right. I love. That. I just. I love I, the idea. Of, like you leave that woman's house, and then he Barry calls you like. You did great! <laughs> like, they totally...
4: Uh, once again, I just got... I just got suckered into that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a teenage boy sitting at home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Hanks, are you calling <laughs> about the typewriter?
4: <laughs> Listen, I need you to
2: pretend to be an old lady for a while. I got it, I, I got it. it. Don't I'll worry about it. it. I'll split it with you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, Mr. Hanks, is this how are you calling about the typewriter? My son! I,
2: I, gave,
4: I gave some stone 13-year-old old for his grandma's
2: typewriter. Let well, I me mean, get education Damn on it. how to get weed. Jeez, Ugh, yeah. Um, yeah. What, who were some of your just really quickly? Like who were your comedy influences? I see. Well, I, I see. Obviously, I saw the Woody Allen, but oh, then the I noticed out. that the Woody Allen was actually well, the, the, because the theme of, of, of this Ali. is
4: Muhammad Ali. Yeah. We got him, and also uh, Willie Mays. Willie Mays. Uh, this had nothing to do with comedy, but sure. When I was a kid. Me and my brother would see this Willie Mays... You can look it up on YouTube. It's Willie Mays' uh, PSA, public circle Announcement for blasting caps. Now, understand, we lived in Pleasant Hill, California. Willie Mays was the god of all time. Willie Mays was the most famous man on the planet, and he played in San Francisco. We saw a couple of Giants games when they came out. Actually, I saw a Giants game between... My first baseball game ever was the San Francisco Giants with Willie Mays against the Milwaukee Braves yeah. with... Hank Aaron, that was a yeah. wow, wow. pretty great, Cameron I didn't Haynes. know it at the time, it was a big Cameron. deal. So, so I have Willie Mays up in here because he had this PSA for blasting caps that I'm going to say that my brother and I might have seen it when I was, when I was uh, six and he was eight and a half. We might have seen it three times, but it is so memorable, <laughs> and if you get it on YouTube, it's like... Uh, these are blasting calves. When <laughs> 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 you are, kids on your airplane, don't touch them. The blasting calves are dangerous. Remember now, don't touch them. <laughs> save your arms, save your legs, and save your eyes. <laughs> If you see blasting caps, remember don't touch them. <laughs> so for years in our life, my, every time my brother's around, we say, "You want some? Here, this coffee is hot. Be careful. Don't touch." <laughs> <laughs> it just go all and on. But I have to tell you, but oh, and it always in it. So play with these and not with those, <laughs> because just play with these, and they show a baseball with a glove and a thing, and not with those, and they show a picture of blasting caps. I've never seen blasting caps yeah. in my life. But I guess it was a lot of like development in the 60s going on, a lot of housing developments and kid play. And I guess, you know, you It sounds like a
2: commercial cap. for blasting caps. <laughs> yeah. because,
0: uh, see, uh, see, hi, I'm Willie like, May. Are you looking for good <laughs> blasting caps? <Do> you want <laughs> to get rid of your body
4: hair? <laughs> <laughs> baseball doesn't blow up, but blasting caps Remember explode. now, don't tell us <laughs> <laughs> but the way says, so save you your to... arms Ooh. and save your legs and save your eyes. Yes. Play with these. And not with those. Oh my god. It was, we, that's So I immediately sent it to my brother. Nah, he we watching. come up with stuff like that. Pull it up. Pull it up if you can find it. And slap that audio on it. Did you this, get it? Uh, the fabulous bucket.
1: <laughs> Just
2: hold it up. Hold it up play to the microphone. Is, but play it is safe, Miss like You can play
0: it hard, but play it safe. If you kids find anything it looks like, those don't taste them. <laughs> those are blasting caps. Remember now, don't taste them. <laughs> blasting caps are used almost every place. Explosives are used, like in a construction work. But you protect your arms and hands and legs and save your eyes. <laughs> if you see a blasting cap, remember now, don't taste them. The police <laughs> the whatever it is, have fun like I do with those. And not
2: with beans. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't
4: that gorgeous? like I did. It's gorgeous. But after seeing that you, we your kids, too. my brother and I were convinced that we would be blown up by blasting cats <laughs> if we walked anywhere where explosives are used. Oh, I sure. am
2: surprised, I'm surprised that Don't Touch Them has not found its way into a movie that you've done. All a good time, my friends. <laughs> yeah. all, all a good time.
4: So have fun like I do. Be yeah, <laughs> one of the most famous center field baseball yeah, yeah. players in the world. Yeah. Oh, God bless. But uh, comedy. Uh, uh, um, oh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blank on something. Robert Klein was really mm. big because he actually made. We, we grew up with comedy albums. Yeah. Robert Klein's yeah. comedy album Steve was. Martin. was well, yeah, Steve Martin. Was Oh uh, yeah, uh, Steve Martin. The, the most, uh, uh, the most uh, impactful comedy movie I'd ever seen in a hundred million years was uh, uh, Hard Day's Night. When we we went and saw Hard Day's Night, I could not believe how funny it was. I mean, the music was, of course, fantastic, but... Those were the most hilarious. You know, No, oh, I'd be, oh, I'd be excited about that eventuality. We still, I still quote it all. The time. Also, the dedication of
0: when George Harrison just eats it on the pavement really hard. Oh, be, so and bad. they all laugh. Yeah, they all, really just they all keep right? laughing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God!
4: Or the way they, the way they played, um, the played the card game. You know, in back <laughs> yeah. in the back. You know, John Lennon's pulling aces out of his yeah. sleeve, and they made up some goofy name. Yeah. I use that stuff all the
2: Those time. Those Beatles movies, it's like they were. I love that was great, and I loved Yellow Submarine a lot. I can't deal with the Elpins. I love so help Elpis. Great. Help is really fun. Yeah. I saw Sergeant Peppers recently. You
1: oh, the, the Sergeant Peppers? Bee Gees
2: movie? movie? Oh dear. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> which, which Steve Martin was in, by the way. He yeah. played Maxwell, Silver Hammers.
1: Yeah, Dr. Maxwell. Oh, that's yeah. right.
4: Yeah. No, I, I avoided that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, you should have. Really <laughs> oh, you, could, you, made you could just, good see, decision, you could just Tom. see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Uh George Burns, isn't that? George Burns. Yeah, a lot of You know
4: what? Here's the story I remember about that is that they had the soundtrack album to that, right? Mm-hmm. With the Bee Gees, and you know, who yeah, were at the yeah, absolute yeah. top of the bounce. Yeah. It was years ago to today. And they <laughs> they shipped more copies of the soundtrack to the Bee Gees Oh, that's criminal. Than they sold of the original Sgt. Pepper's <laughs> Oh, that album. hurts, wow. that hurts. They shipped, they literally, they made more of those records than the actual Beatles' Sgt. Pepper
2: sold. sold. It, and and uh, when you think about yeah. it, it's a weird. Di- I'm trying to. I'm trying to equate what that would be like today. But basically, the big, you know, like the biggest band of the '70s plays the biggest band of the '60s. Like it's such a <laughs> yeah. weird. Di- not even. Yeah.
1: Not even that. It was ten. It was just ten years before. Very yeah. Wasn't <laughs> it? It was, a, was just. I think they
4: were riding uh, riding high on on Lucas's American Graffiti, which is yeah. a great movie that came out.
2: I believe they made it nine years. But it's after whatever, the whatever's the that biggest thing like, of 2002. Wait, wait, Though, no, no, that would be like that would be like if the Jonas Brothers did the Nirvana movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so that's what 20, yeah. that's No, 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 20. no, no, no. That's that's too far. Far. Who was
4: big in 2002? 2002. Great. Find out Monsters.
2: who was that. But even uh, like really big. Who was it? Maybe a, maybe, a, maybe,
1: a, maybe a, like
2: a, a Madonna, Kelly Clarkson's first album. The, Stro- the Strokes were big. And- the Strokes, but, but not big Beatles. Big. Oh man, what a hipster this is! <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, <not> the Strokes. <laughs> no, I
0: worked at a record store in 2002. Oh, <laughs> oh, I know what sold.
1: Yeah, you don't like, know what
4: sold as far. Hey, like whatever what Swedish yeah, rock
1: trios are you big on? on. <laughs> Shakira, yeah. Nelly, yeah. All right,
4: so that was 2002. Sure. So it would be like the Jonas Brothers. Playing, playing Nelly, Nelly <laughs> from the golden the happy 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 fun times of 2002 still after night
0: 11 I'm sorry I was trying to it in the rock and roll you were exactly. keeping it exactly. in the same the, thing, in the rock and and roll, I et cetera. I have to tell you oh, I funny. I
2: still when I'm driving down the street th- that 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 thing you do song I I just find myself uh, going such a good song nine million pieces. I'm like I haven't seen this movie in years. Like that song. That's because we played the song
4: seven times.
2: But that's still not as
0: much as like songs in other movies. Like in a in. In *So I Married an Axe Murderer*, they play uh, the um, "There She Goes" song about there eight she- times. There oh, the, the laws, there yeah. the laws, goes. and the uh, Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Are. But but you but the whole idea of that movie of writing like that one-hit wonder band with a super earwormy song, like you actually did <laughs> yeah. write that we super had, earwormy we had, we song. Had, I
4: had I had top top notch professionals coming to me. Says, "You can't play that song this many times." <laughs> 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 I said, "Well, it's kind of the point of the movie." I know that normally we have a bunch of other things, but the fact is, I talked to the guy who was in the Hondells, who's actually a friend of Gary Gessman, my producing partner. The Hondells recorded um, Little Honda, mm-hmm. Go Faster, Faster, yeah. Little Honda, Honda, a song that I think lasted one minute and 30 seconds. It's <laughs> like <laughs> incredibly fast. And he went out on the Dick Clark Rock and Roll Caravan Tour with a bunch of other bands, including uh, the Supremes. And I said, well what was what was the job? My job lasted 90 seconds every night. <laughs> we'd go out, we'd play little Honda, and then that was it. Then we were done. We'd get on the bus and go somewhere else. Jeez. So these guys for one for one summer they played Little Honda every night for wow. you know sixty nights and then that, that was their gig. I thought that was just that was just hilarious. That so we great. played the song a lot in the movie. As would you know the band that yeah. has only one hit that anybody I cares? I think that
0: the, I think that thing you do is probably one of the uh, closest uh, movies I've ever seen that like re- actually resemble what it's like to be in a band. Uh,
4: the the granddaddy is this is Spinal Tap. Yes. So that's the one yeah. that everybody, even even musicians, will put that on. But it's even like
0: too... even just the way they interact and the way they, like it shows them start and in the uh, in the director's cut or the Tom Hanks edition, I think it's
4: called <laughs> <laughs> which means all the stuff yeah. that we cut out of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. every it, scene we shot goes. is essentially wiped <laughs> <one> like <laughs> It's great.
0: It's a, it actually it made me. It actually movie. is a
4: better. It's, it's slightly. A better. The, it's a different. It's a more it's more thematic movie. And on it the feels long it actually it's longer, but it feels faster. Because, oh, that's you know, interesting. Yeah,
0: like the elements that kind of keep you. Like I like I liked, I liked seeing uh, Skitch's sketches uh, apartment to see how much of a kind of like a mod guy he was. You know, like it's like at least he, it's like you realize because they kind of right. like refer to him as kind of like being a hipster type. You know? That's all I cared about, man. Yeah. That's all
4: I cared about,
0: man. <laughs> 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 like it's like seeing his apartment.
4: and You're just like, you're like ah, he's got know? the hi-fi on. You yeah. got Charlize Theron kissing on him. Yeah. Yeah. He's watching a Kirk Douglas movie yeah. on. his black and White. Yeah. Oh God, I loved it yeah. so yeah.
3: much.
0: It's like it's it oh. perfectly sets up. The guy, uh, and like, and mm. so, and then, like, your character turns out to actually be uh, uh, an old, uh, old homosexual. Yeah, I, uh, my right, uh, uh, my
4: boyfriend was. Um, uh, uh, oh geez, I'm having a cranial plate shift here. Uh, uh, Howie Long was my yes, boyfriend. that's right. Yeah. I, said, I called. I said, Howie, listen, make this movie. I'd never met Howie Long. I cold called <laughs> so uh,
3: I I him. I know you make some movies.
4: That, look, uh, if, if you if you, want, if you want to come and play this one say, essentially what you're going to play is is my boyfriend. The only thing you have to do is sit behind the wheel of an XKE Jaguar. I'll get in. We'll say a couple lines. We'll drive off laughing into the night, yeah. like every gay couple yeah. I
3: know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <That laughs>
4: He said, and he just said hey if you want to do it sounds great to me awesome. so he came and he did it and and every girl on the crew was could not work that night they all had like uh, a rubbery line <laughs> lar- how long is on the thing because the guy is like this freaking, gorgeous gorgeous guy uh, but then, yeah
0: the uh the other scene that was in there that wasn't in, in the original theatrical release was um it was a very simple scene it was when they first get to the I think uh the the Pittsburgh show yeah and then they come out on the stage to see how many people actually like how much does this fill and then and then they all <laughs> kind of just like are really blown away about yeah. they're about to play like the biggest show they've ever done and then they kind of just start checking out the sounds like and clapping and snapping and hearing that like and then they all just kind of start goofing off and just that moment like it's like it the movie takes the time and it actually seems a lot more realistic of the the path of the band yeah you
4: know, the the frenzy that you have to cut a movie in because uh, uh uh we we finished rap we wrapped that movie and i think uh I don't know, in the spring, and we had to get it ready in time for the Toronto Film Festival. And the frenzy of cutting a movie and trying to get it all done, and it's all about the running time and stuff like right. that. I'm sure that I lost any sense of, of uh, narrative or storytelling. Because yeah. I just go, how long is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be under two yeah. hours ten time. Running. <laughs> we just were so, so frustrated. Uh, but then to go back, and that's a great thing about DVDs, you could go back and put every, absolutely everything in that you loved in it. Because like we had the bass player, Yes. Actually, had a uh, romantic rendezvous yes. with uh, one of the chanterelles. That's right. Yes, you yes. know, and it's like then you like. Well, we, we thought uh, Gary was saying, "Dude, if you put that in the movie, you're gonna might be you're gonna have to go defend against a hard R. I said, "Are you kidding me?" Well, it's a possibility that you'd have to go in and do That's that. You amazing. can't have anybody smoking cigarettes and stuff like. that. So yeah. it was all about cutting down for time and you end up losing all the the beautiful you know subtle fun stuff
0: yeah that's actually one of my favorite subtle things in the entire movie is just the bass player uh also no name just (laughs) the bass player (laughs) player. (laughs) (laughs) his name even in the credits uh but um he gets better at the bass each time they play the song yeah yeah. every time like you see him like trying new things
2: and (laughs) getting excited Ethan Embry and Ethan Embry
4: who plays the bass by the way he, oh, he, does. he really does
0: play the. Oh, bass, so he yeah. kind of simplified that yeah, like, yeah, Wood. yeah.
2: yeah we got I always it. wanted that. <clears throat> I always wanted that career moment. It's just like that movie has the perfect uh, career ascent montage of like, "Hey, we just heard it once on the radio, and then din and it din, and then you see like climbing up the Billboard charts, <laughs> it, and it just yeah. never works that way no, in real life." But no. it's so fucking. It's right, so. Well, fun.
4: It, you know, from uh, uh, this guy, I, there's a great guy, um, uh, uh, Bob Green. Um, he's a writer. He Used to be a colonist in Chicago. He wrote a great book called um, Be True to Your School. He, he was a high school journalism student and decided, as an exercise, I'm going to write a, uh, a daily journal for all of the year 1964, and he did it. It's, it's a great, from January 4th. and if you think about 1964, <clears throat> the Beatles were on TV in February of 1964. And by the end of 1964, A Hard Day's Night had come out, you know, so it was like it was a fabulous year for that great uh, British invasion. And so the idea of having a song on the charts uh, at the Mercyhurst College talent show, (laughs) (laughs) and then by the end of it, you're on whatever third-rate imitation of the Ed Sullivan show that exists, you're (laughs) on there, and then your band breaks up. It's actually kind of like the lifespan of uh, of, of an, l- of an awful lot of bands yeah. as, as they existed at the
0: time. Yeah, especially yeah. Captain Cates and the Shrimp Shack. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, we're gonna a let
4: location you- that you see in all sorts of TV commercials, by yes, the
0: way. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. We're yeah. gonna let you go in a minute because you've been super awesome to sit here at this time with us. But uh, two two other things. First of all, um, I've been watching Electric City. Oh. Uh, and oh it's wow. really really cool and it it looks amazing. Um so what you know, like just your, your sort of foray into digital into the digital space.
4: Yeah, uh which is a uh, <clears throat> which is a still remains a mystery to absolutely everybody <laughs> everybody involved. The big thing is 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 what you, you talk to talk to people on the phone, you know, the people you talking on the phone about your career. Yeah. You know. Uh hey, let's talk about the electric city. Yeah, it can't be monetized. <laughs> that's, all they, <laughs> that's all they say. Well but, no, it's great. It's a huge hit. Yahoo it was was thrilled. Uh, it more like it had like five times the clicks that Yahoo was. You lost a million dollars. <laughs> uh, no, we lost everything. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely everything. We had we we paid salaries, which was great because we had animators and everybody that did stuff. You know, they they, they, they got a yeah, they have great great animators. But then what happens after that? The only way we loved it because we just sat around here. We worked on that thing probably for about six years. Because we get these meetings every now and again. We talk about the, you know, what's the logic of the Electric City? And, <clears throat> you know, uh, what, are, what are the what are the iconographic type characters? Who, who can we pull from history that they sort of represent, you know? And uh, <clears throat> then we came up with a look. And the people went berserk. And we had, like, rooms full of, <clears throat> I mean, there would be a room this size. And there would be, honestly, there'd be 50 animators in there. All working on their laptops and doing stuff like that. So they, everybody got paid. And then it goes up. And I think probably like 7 million people or something like yeah. that have looked at it. And then the question is, and then? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> unless you can get somebody interested into doing whatever the next version of, uh, of uh, like media presentation is. Yeah. 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 You know, is, there, is it a half hour show? Is it an animated movie? Is it a feature? We don't know. But it's, the, you, it's, it's great. it's a great mental exercise. It's a great storytelling exercise,
2: <clears throat> which was a blast. Uh, I never. i I'll, I'll never see it done. But, but, but yet, yeah, it did it all for fun. I'll yeah. tell you. I think the. Importance, like I think the importance of it is, is you know, as we see the platforms sort of coming together. You know, there are two cables that come into people's houses right now, and yeah. sooner, sooner or later, there'll be one. Uh, and and I think it's very important for people in your position to. Just in the same way that in the early days of cable television, which, you know, digital platform is to cable what cable was to network 20 years ago or 30 years ago, is that people go, oh, this is actually legitimate. People like Tom Hanks are getting involved. I think it's important for you guys to do that, even though there's no money in the short term, to sort of plant that long-term flag. Well, the truth is money has nothing to do with it. and It, it really
4: just is. I get to do an unvarnished, unbridled, uncensored, uncontrolled, unregulated story yeah. in which... Uh, I, as the voice of a guy named Cleveland Carr, mm-hmm. get to do really violent things, you know, <laughs> to people With under this weird
2: society of knitting oh, ladies. Yeah,
4: under this thing of it's good, it's good for our city if you go and make these guys disappear and break their necks and do things like that. So the freedom that it gives you that you have nowhere else on the planet. That's really what that's what yeah. really what is. And I think that guys like you know Will Farrell and yeah. uh, everybody like uh, um, uh, uh, Funny or Die or anybody else is going off and doing it. Is doing it because it's it's as broad a canvas and as empty a canvas as if you were a painter. You get to do anything you want to do it if you think it's fascinating and can and can make it interesting enough so that people will click on you know see the first three episodes. And by the way, the episodes are three minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they go on the fourth and the fifth and sixth, well then you've got them. And all you're doing is being the you know the good storyteller around the around the campfire, and it's a blast. And we'll do it we'll do it some more. Uh, unfortunately, it, even that is a little bit on the the, the expensive side. Yeah, yeah. you got to be able to pay the salaries. At yeah, because yeah. you can't ask people to do this
2: for free. It ain't right. Um, just a really quick. It ain't right. It ain't <laughs> right. I tell Uh Really quickly, um, Cloud Atlas looks yeah I, I, yeah it looks amazing. That's uh, I'm super excited to see that. And then if you have one. One, p- I'm sure you get this all the time, but we're just a lot of young performers and creators and people listening to the podcast. So, like, one piece of advice for a man in your position that that yeah. that you wouldn't nec- that people wouldn't necessarily know or hear all the time, like, what sort of one weird like, no one ever really told me that this is is the way that a career has to happen.
4: Oh, that's interesting. That uh, yeah, okay. Well, I look. I have to tell you, it's so it's totally different now from from before. Uh, when I was when I was in you know in the times when I was trying to establish a beachhead or just to like get a job in the first place, <clears throat> the the closest you could come to the freedom that you have now that you uh, on the internet and the web and the, and the is you could form a local theater group in a garage somewhere and do plays either that you liked or you made up yourself and I know a lot of people that did Gary Sinise I mean uh, what he did um, with the Steppenwolf Theater. He started that right out of high school. Did you know that? No, I didn't he, know that. He started it right out of high school with Lori Metcalf and a few and, and uh, 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 John. uh, um, uh No. Tactoisten. Uh, no, 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 no. no great Buck Howard. Forgive me. I'm having a. Uh, oh, oh. Um, uh, uh, John Malkovich. John Malkovich and a few others, and they did it in like abandoned gas stations and basements of Methodist churches, and that was it. And it was all just about let's just do good plays and have everybody do a good part, and that became Steppenwolf Theater. <clears throat> that's the that's the best example of it. But now, uh, the the there is look, you got an idea, you've got these things, and you got that thing, yep. and with and I'm, I'm pointing to electronic devices, <laughs> a, a microphone, sure, and top. a camera. <clears throat> uh, you and it, and an idea. That's it. The rest of it literally will take care of itself both in ways that are amazing and ways that are um, uh, ridiculous. I mean, look at the guy. There's a 32-year-old South Korean dude, you know, who's <laughs> doing a goofy dance now. Gangnam yeah. style. Call, call it what you want to do, but that dude's on Saturday Night Live now. You know, yeah. there's that girl that recorded that song Friday, and she's got her a, like, a recording right? Record. Um, I wish I could give salient, um, uh, you know, true advice, but the world that I came up in is gone with the wind. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh, <clears throat> now the, the thing is, is that you have to do it. I think that would be the biggest thing. You have thing. to do it. You have to there's do no it. And
2: re- there's no excuse not to anymore.
4: There is, alas, and that's what's scary. There is no excuse not to. So what you're going to be living and dying by is your own talent and your own perseverance. Mm-hmm. In the old days, you could have talent and you could have perseverance and you just had to like wait it out. You know, you had to ride it out. Now, if you have talent and perseverance, you actually have to produce. Mm-hmm. You've actually got to make it happen. And you've got to get it up on what, in whatever venue, whatever platform, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Whatever media uh, that uh, that it is available to you. And quite frankly, if, if it does good, guess what? Five million people will see it. But if you're doing something that is about truth and beauty and joy and happiness and fun or history or whatever it is, you have the tools at your disposal. And alas, now you actually have to do it yourself. And you have to do it for free. And You probably have to do it like that for a while until uh, your output has such quality that it's, it's recognized by anybody who sees it and then enough people see it and the next thing you know, someone might give you that, uh, that opportunity to come in and say, hey, why don't you develop this longer or we have this other thing that you might do. It happens. Here's the good news. It happens all the time. Uh Now it truly happens all the time. The lifeblood of this kooky nutty business (laughs) is new talent, and new talent actually gets to present itself on its own terms. Which, when I was doing *Bugs and Buddies*, was not the case. You might be able to, you could do a play somewhere, but you couldn't make a movie. So you and Peter just
2: didn't show up places in dresses and be like, "This is the show."
4: (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Funny? No, we were we were like offered jobs. You know the. When I was doing it, uh, you could do um, uh, you could do commercials, but you know you had to. That was auditions that you had to pass. I couldn't get arrested in commercials, uh, and you could do off Broadway, you know, showcase theaters and things like that, and, or you could be in a play and somebody would see it. But now you could present your own stuff and people will see it, and it will it will generate, you know. If it generates an audience, ta- talent and quality will wow, out. That's it. So Tom it's Hanks. actually a bigger burden on young artists than it used
2: to be. You've been amazing. Uh, Fun talking to you. Would her. you please yeah. uh, tell our audience to enjoy their burrito? That's how we end every. Day oh, is this. that right? We tell them to enjoy your burrito. <clears throat> oh man! Hey everybody!
4: <laughs> 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 All I can tell you is enjoy your burrito, which, by the way, is is kind of like it's a philosophy for a living. That's how we I, do. That's, I, how we I, yeah, that's, that's what we say. Yeah. Enjoy your burrito, my Enjoy friend. the present. Enjoy, enjoy the present. Enjoy
2: the burrito. Don't live in the past or the future. <laughs> that's right. Thanks. Great talking to you. Good to see oh, you. Thanks.
4: thanks, man. And my, my, my hat is off to the, yeah, the YouTube uh, yeah, the web, good, yeah. webmaster extraordinaire. Great. Thank you so much. Hey, that was fun, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. That's Lady, it was fun. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.
1: I met her and I was like, she's going to win. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. When I sing that song about being a black
2: woman in America, there's going to be backlash about that. Oh, I'm
1: just so happy. So happy.
4: I don't want
2: to see them.
1: I don't want to talk to
4: them. And then we stayed with them for the next year, unpacking just what happened those two weeks in Mobile. I'm Shimolyai and from Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition.